You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Hello everyone, you're listening to the 9to5 Entertainment System. Today, we talk about Scott's Tum Tum, Propecia and Sex Drive, new Rocky Horror Picture Show, Why Mansions of Madness, number two, we talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Out of the Shadows, American Horror Story Season 6, Scream Queen Season 2, Arrow Season 5. As you can tell, it is a horror-themed Halloween episode. Scott is at home because his guts are exploding. So are we going to get into this? <laughs> do this? <laughs> Scott, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind. Scott, tell us about your guts. <laughs> uh, all right, so I got really, really sick last weekend. And uh, lots, of, lots of pain. So I had to go to the emergency room, and I spent 11 hours there. Holy they were shit. like, everything is fine, go home. And, and when like, you say pain, do you fine. mean like the pain of having, like say like a a bowling ball in your tummy? Well, the first time I went, it felt like I had swallowed an orange hole. Like, just Ugh. the whole thing went right down. I just kind of sat there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and like, you have, like, a toddler, so are we, were you sure that you hadn't? <laughs> like, maybe I fell asleep and my toddler shoved, shoved an whole orange in my mouth. <laughs> an entire orange down and my I just throat. swallowed it. Yeah, so it was very uncomfortable. So after, like, five days of being uncomfortable, I went to the emergency room. And I got an ultrasound, and I got a CAT scan, and they were like, it's not your appendix. Yay. Well, that's good. And And then I went home, and then it got worse. And I got really, really upset. And I uh, had to go back to the emergency room and stayed there almost overnight. And they did more tests. This was, and, uh, I picked you up off the first hospital visit, and like I don't think I've ever yeah. seen like I've seen like Scott like being like super pukey mm-hmm. and like being pretty shitty. Oh yeah, over <laughs> over the course that I've known him, and, but like I've never seen Scott like that like down and like bummed and like super low energy and wow. sad. I was like, oh buddy. Uh, trip number two was like three times worse. Oh, jeez. Like just just like when I got to triage, I'm like, what is the problem? And I'm like. <laughs> and that was that was that was what I could muster. Like, and again, I love to talk, and was unable to. It wow. sucks. That sounds. And but you're better now. Ish. So um, what I'm what I'm feeling, like what I'm sensing from your story, is basically like what happens the moments before a xenomorph busts out of your stomach in the aliens films. Oh my god, um, the worst pain I had ever had until this week was when I blew my knee out. Right. And I a traditionally painful experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tore the meniscus. I tore the MCL. I tore the cartilage on the back of my kneecap and uh, blew a, a cyst in the middle of my knee joint. And what were sucked. you doing? Sucked a lot. Playing hockey. Wow. And correct answer. Um, Humping your mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that sucked. That sucked a lot. I was in physiotherapy for like 
nine yeah, months like when, after that. When you're saying multiple ligaments and stuff blowing out and yeah. like rupturing cysts and like tearing all that stuff, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's your leg exploding. Yeah. Um, day two, just before the second trip to the emergency room, was easily worse than that. Easily, easily, easily. Wow. Like, tears streaming down my face for so, hours. So if it wasn't a xenomorph clutching to your abdomen, what was it, Scott? What was the what's the what's the prognosis? So I had a blockage in my intestines. Okay. And uh, in trying to get it out, was it an orange? Weekend, no, <laughs> it was a brown. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't an entire orange. Um, and in trying to get it out uh, the old-fashioned way, I gave myself a small hernia uh. right behind my belly button. Nice. Um, which meant there was no easy way to get it out after that. Huh. And uh, they gave me a bunch of drugs and a... They put you on oxys for I, a bit, no? Yeah, that's not all bad. Yeah, they gave me some... Well, they gave me some medication to help um, bring me up. Loosen the blockage. And uh, then they did try to do it manually. And this then is the they gave me... Right this. Here. <laughs> this, this is podcasting magic. Oh. Well, they tried once, and they're like, well, how do you feel? I'm like, I don't feel any better. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to go and talk about it. I'm like, well, if you're going to be gone for two hours, do it again. Because <laughs> if, you're like, I don't want to sit here and feel this for two hours. Because yeah. 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 basically when I was there, it was like 10, 11 hours, and it was like talk to a doctor for five minutes, go for a test, see the doctor again in two hours. Yeah. <laughs> and agony and like, in between every step agony of this. Between, yeah. Like go for an ultrasound, come back to the waiting room, wait for two hours. Go for a CAT scan, come back to the waiting room, wait for two hours. Like, well, I mean, the upside of that is to feel that you're not in thousands of dollars of debt, which would probably be the process also, in America. Also not dead. I yeah, mean, also, also not, not dead. dead. Yeah. And they were very, very thorough. And as long as the wait was, every person I interacted with at the hospital was just lovely. That's cool. Although I do, I do have a fear now of running into some of the nurses uh, that helped me out. <laughs> yeah, if listeners are not aware, Scott works at the hospital, so yeah. these are colleagues of his that are helping yeah, him. With I mean, his orange in his there's tummy. Thousands of people. I feel like that's a that's like a level of intimacy I'm not prepared to explore with my coworkers. I don't, I don't or, know how it is. Or for I you. dare say, like anyone, like <laughs> if, if, if I can avoid it, like yeah. other than being like in medical amounts of like excruciating pain. Yeah, that's a level of intimacy I would like to avoid with. Literally everybody, like Hold up on. to and including Hold my on. wife. Wait, wait, wait. Take take that back a second because if they gave you a few oxys first, you might you might change your opinion on that. If I get doped up properly right. enough, I mean, there's all sorts of things I might acquiesce to, <laughs> right? But like until that point, this does not sound uh, like a, a I was not enjoyable on, experience. I was not on pain control at any point uh, in the hospital. See, because you could restructure this story, and all of a sudden, it's like, I went to the hospital, they gave me hard drugs, and then a bunch of nurses poked me in my most private places. Some people pay for that sort of experience. Like, any one just, portion just, of it. Just one nurse. Just, there's only the one nurse that you really just would want that one. to happen with? Well, she was the one who uh, did her duty for God and country. Because <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, like, not, not to dismiss whatever you were doing with your medication beforehand but like like when i get a cold or anything like if i get a cold or a flu like my first instinct possibly coming from like my previous life 
as a as a drug user is to like take everything. Like when I get a flu, I'm like they're like don't mix with medications. I was like I will whoop, go whoop, whoop. Yeah, exactly. It's like like the, the the cold and flu syrups, the pill, the fast relief, whatever. Just straight up painkillers if I have a headache. I just like pile it all in. Huh. Just kind of screw up myself up for like a few hours, and usually I'm only sick for like 24 hours. So by the time I got to the hospital, I feel that I'd be like on all like whatever over the counter painkillers I could have in like excess amounts. But well, I had I had not been really eating because I couldn't. Right. Everything just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. Right? If I drink a glass of water, it felt like it would stay in my esophagus. No, nothing's going That's through. tough, dude. Um, and that. Just sucked. I had super bad um, reflux because yeah. nothing was going down. Just mm-hmm. Everything was just coming up. And the, the second day, I was just burping for like four hours. That's so hard. Everything was just awful. Um, and then, yeah, after all of that, it didn't work. So they gave me uh, four liters of this drink that they give to um, like colonoscopy patients. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Uh, before they go in for their, their scan. And the doc was like, you're not going to come back for a scan. You're just going to drink this stuff, and it's going to clean you out. Just, it's, it's Did it do that? Nothing your body can do to No, he this. said it didn't. He said the, the, the flushing liquid didn't function right. properly. It, 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 the manual, manual control did not work, even after two tries. Wow. So he was like, it's locked up higher than, than we can get with the hose. So uh, you're going to go home and drink this stuff, and it's going to work top down. And wow. the, the this stuff you drink one cup of it. Like Is it like a milky, chalky, cup. gross situation? No, it tastes like um, boiled down Gatorade, like super sweet and a little bit syrupy. It's not the worst. But yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the worst. I've, the worst was definitely the the. The other parts. The brick in your um, <laughs> intestine. The worst, the worst was the pain. The, the, the next worst was um, yeah, trying to uh, the, wash the out clinical the term is trying to make boom boom. Yeah. Is it possible um, <laughs> that we have exhausted the amusement factor of Scott trying to make boom boom? Is that is that the state that we're in? I think at right so. But well, I feel that. Well, I mean, okay. So I, I guess like to, to wrap up this, this now recurring segment, important segment. <laughs> it gives it gives me the drink stuff, and he's like, drink a cup. You wait 20 minutes, and then you drink another cup. And the prescription's for four liters because it comes in a giant four-liter jug. <laughs> and then he, le- he leans over, and he's all like, cool, doctor. And he's like, don't worry. You know, two cups will do it. <laughs> like, this, stuff's, this stuff is like it's human the stuff. It's I like drank the rocket five fuel cups of, of this stuff. Making boom boom. <laughs> I drank five cups of this stuff over an hour and a half. Oh, and it was God. just like, oh, my God, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> and it was. So, um, uh, I did have another question. Oh, yeah. So, and did they talk about anything like preventative? Like, to how do, to, to the listeners of 90S who've been listening to this harrowing story for like the last 10 minutes. I don't know why. Uh, why would anyone want to hear Why this? is anyone still with us at this point? <laughs> but I guess, is there anything that our listeners slash John and I can do to prevent such an occurrence of having like a brick in your intestines that will not go in from like hose flushing and like, Manual assistance, manual assistance, and whatever else that you need to drink. Yeah. A liter of the bonus of us doing a podcast uh, is 
most people will be listening to this on a mobile device, so they can go to their supermarket and buy some apricots or something. <laughs> it's true. Just be like, what listener? Right. Yeah. No, but is that not. it? Just like you just need to, to make sure that were, were you like only eating did, yeah, like did, did crackers? You not eat any fiber or <laughs> fruit for like several months well, leading up to this event. In the getting to know you uh, section of this, I am normally very regular, and um, <laughs> good to know. You know. Like twice twice a day, I get my newspaper read. Kind of mm-hmm. thing. Whether you need and, it or not, uh, there was there was no reason. Yeah, well, usually I need it, but that's because I have a toddler and I can be at twenty minutes of quiet <laughs> uh, and, and editing done. You know, yeah, yeah, um, it's stuff. yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It's precious, precious minutes. But, like, no, there was there was no like crazy change in my diet. It wasn't like today I'm going to eat a block of cheese. <laughs> oh no, I'm paying for this. It just, it just happened, and that's that's the thing. I was telling uh, Jaime, who came to the hospital with me the second time for a few hours. Shout out Jaime. Um, this is, it's, it's terrible because it's not like I did it to myself. It's because I'm old. Yes, yeah, it's like your body like refusing to process stuff the way it used to. Yeah, exactly that. It was like the knee, as bad as the knee was, it was like, well, you know, I did it. I hurt myself. I was, I was running around. You were a big dude and you were playing a high-impact sport. Yeah, and uh, this was just like pushing 40. <laughs> that's, that's what this was. I was having that conversation with uh, Andrew. Like we, he was talking about because like um, like hair loss and stuff. And mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, I don't understand why anyone. It's actually this all ties into like a Saturday Night Live sketch, like where they 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 had um, they had resident young person Pete Davidson on, and they were just. He's like, nope, nope, can't call me that anymore. Can't call me resident young person anymore. I started losing my hair this summer, and then I went to the doctor, and I was like, Doc, I'm starting to lose my hair, and he's like, he recommended like Propecia. And he's like, but it's going to, like, have an impact on your sex drive. And I was like, whoa, I don't want to have an impact on my sex drive. He's like, well, he's like, you'll still be able to have sex, like, once a day. And he's like, so it's going to impact my sex drive in the fact that I will no no longer be able to have sex multiple times a day? Like, some crazy gigolo or whatever? And he's like, well, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. So he's like, so why is anyone bald and you disgusting perverts who are bald? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I have to take this pill once a day, and it just like Propecia apparently just like dead stops hair loss. Really? Like it just like it won't, won't will not spurn reverse it or whatever. reverse yeah. it or anything else like that. But it just like it in men, it like goes in and identifies like the hair loss gene and just like boop and just like cuts it off at the cost of limiting you to one erection per day. Like, okay, not one erection. One I guess ejaculation. Like one, one orgasm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One ejaculation. I feel that you can get plenty of erections <laughs> as long as you don't have an orgasm. But yeah, exactly. At the cost of like, it does like have like a tiny diminishment on your on your sex drive. Right. So he's just sort of like so he's like now I just view all bald men as sick <laughs> perverts. Sick perverts who are like <laughs> who need to have multiple <laughs> orgasms a day to get by. But what yeah. was this drug called? Uh, it's Propecia. Propecia. I, I didn't know any. I've never heard of that. Yeah, exactly. Before. Apparently, it, it's not a it's not a hair growth stimulant stuff, or whatever else. It just, stuff it just that's cuts. in Rogaine. Pardon me. The stuff that's in Rogaine. It's the stuff that uh, Theodore got caught for. It's oh, also well, I didn't know Rogaine. I, did, I didn't know that. I thought like that was the active ingredient name or whatever. Yeah. It, it's a steroid masking agent that uh, Jose Theodore got got flagged for. Yeah, exactly. It also hides yeah. steroids. <laughs> Interesting. Because apparently uh, that's like something where it blocks off the whatever. It also blocks off what uh, what shows up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, no, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, what else is going on, you guys? This is our Halloween episode. I watched and we, a lot we of started it. off is with it? a ten minute horror story about <laughs> Scott's boom boom. 
Well, do we want to talk about the new season of American Horror Story? Yeah, I have like I have so much horror things to talk about. We could okay. definitely talk about new American Horror Story. I want to just touch on because I don't think there's going to be too much time to talk about it because we'll probably get into American Horror Story. Yeah, I watched uh, the network premiere or whatever of uh, the remake of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh-huh. So they remade Rocky Horror Picture Show for TV. Scott, are you in front of a computer? I'm in front of a computer. Can you look up like the stars of this? Because there's one specifically the uh, the actress that played uh, uh, Frankenfurter is kind of really Laverne Laverne Cox. I want to say. Wait, actress? Actress. Yeah, it's the um, the trans actress from Orange Is the New Black. Right. Right, right. Right. Which I thought was kind of a weird choice, just because of the fact that she d- when she comes in she sings "Sweet Transvestite" from Transsexual Transylvania. Yeah. And I'm like, but you're not a transvestite. You're you're transsexual. Yeah. Like, you're not a cross-dresser, but you're saying you are. And I was like, now I don't know what to think about <laughs> Dr. Frankfurter. I was like, but they but they, they, they switch out all the lines. Like, they, they refer to Dr. Acting. Frankfurter it's as acting. her. Pardon me, Scott? Not act- acting. She's not actually Frankfurter. But then they refer to her as a her in the film. Well, So then she's just a woman dressed as a woman in the film. That really does change the nature of Dr. Frankfurter. Like, that was kind of, like, part of his point was that he was changing shit up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, it's sort of the point of Rocky Horror, which is why I don't think it really works as a remake. <laughs> well, unless there is something horrific about trans people, maybe that's what the message was? Well, but, I mean, no, the message is don't dream it, be it, really, right? Like, the whole thing is that, like, by the end of Rocky, everybody's, like, on board for being, like, completely out there and doing whatever you want. Like, that's, right. like, they're all in the swimming pool and they're all oh, yeah. they're all flying around or whatever. And it's, like, yeah, like, the initial, you're supposed to shock the audience and then you're supposed to see that Brad and Janet and everyone is, like, so much happier right. being, right. like, deviants. And then uh, Riff Raff and Magenta just kind of kill half the cast and then leave. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's sort of the end. It does not make a lot of sense. Like, the re- this remake was, like, very re- re- like faithful in the retelling of the story. And I was like, man, I was like, I've seen Rocky Horror, I guess, easily, like, a dozen times. Like, I've mm-hmm. seen it a couple times at the Halloween Ball. I've seen it, like, replayed and stuff. And, like, literally every single time I rewatch this movie, I'm like, this doesn't make a lick of sense. Like, nothing in this film. I, f- I feel like remaking it is like a lose-lose proposition, you know, like because the actual film itself is really not that great, and and like it's entertaining for like the stuff around it, and you don't need to remake the movie to get the stuff around. Yeah, it, you and know? that was like I think the 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 most the stupidest part about this entire remake is that it's like not necessarily shot for shot, like there's different shots or different choreography and whatever else, but it's scene for scene. Rocky Horror. It, like, it pulls this the, from the exact same script. Uh, the one thing that I thought that was kind of cute uh, was that the uh, the framing of the film is that it's like a film within a film. Like, they cut back to the audience mm-hmm. watching the movie, doing some of the callbacks and Crazy. stuff. Like, it's just sort of like when they're like, great, Scott. And they're like, ah, and they throw all the toilet paper and whatever. Right. And, like, when it goes, to, when everyone's like, then we need to go outside, it cuts to the audience. They all get the newspapers out over their head. The one thing that was like, cute i thought i mean it was also kind of nice to see him mm-hmm. was uh tim curry plays the the criminologist cool so when it, when it cuts back to the criminologist it's like tim curry and it just like it cuts to the criminologist and it's like tim curry then there's like 
he like holds up like a peace sign and then it cuts to the audience and there's like a standing ovation and i was like man criminologist does not get a standing ovation in a live rocky horror picture show like screening well, he does I when mean, it's tim curry he would yeah. when it's tim curry but yeah exactly just seeing him he's uh like totally like chair ridden and his face is still oh he's a little, super little fucked up right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like yeah i don't I, I didn't get the whole story he had a stroke or something yeah, but like yeah, he, he, had, he had like a bad stroke yeah like, and he lost most of yeah exactly i mean like, apparently it was yeah. like touch and go whether or not he was even going to be able to speak again and yeah like and you yeah. see that like his face is not not 100 percent right but like he's still there delivering his lines yeah, and it's yeah. just like it's it's awesome to see tim curry sure kind of like doing that but yeah uh pretty much pointless yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like a pointless uh, and i mean and then on top of that too they put it up against the uh what the american league is with the blue jays and what's the other league with the indians were playing the national National League, yeah. They put it up against the National League finals and regular Thursday night football. So, like, nobody watched this thing. Yeah. Like... And it was a made-for-TV? And a made-for-TV thing. Also, they made... $20 million budget. Oh, how much? $20 million. Yeah, $20 million budget. So you think they could, like, nail it. And, yeah. like, the production's there. It looks good. Which hmm. is another thing that kind of, like, with took me out of the whole thing. Is that it looked too, like, clean and high-def. Like, to me, like, Rocky Horror shouldn't look... Yeah, it had a kind of, like, cheap vibe to it. You need to be way closer into it. Sorry. It's just because you're talking to the outside. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, that cheap, like, grainy, like, look of an old movie is, like, part of what makes it, like, yep. entertaining. Yeah. So, like, a slick, like, small screen HD version is very, very weird to watch. Uh, but, yeah, so exactly. $20 million they spend on this thing. So And then, then just pretty much pointless. It was very uh, kind of sad. Wow, which, like I said, was kind of kind of a bummer because apparently someone said that it is the the first thing that has an actual uh, like something of that budget released to that thing it's on network TV, whatever is like it's the first thing that has a an actual trans uh, performer in like a starring role. I think on network television, like on major networks like okay. CBS, ABC, NBC. So I was like, it's kind of historic. There and the fact that it's also like a trans woman of color, I was like, that's like pretty out there as like in terms of like network television. I'm like, that's uh, that's not like an, an accomplishment. I was like, it's just too bad that it was just kind of kind of pointless. Too bad it was radar a, too bad it was a to remake of Rocky and not a remake of like uh, Chinatown. What do you mean? Oh, it's like, hey, look at all the ground we're breaking with this super underground cult. Uh, you know. Uh, transgressive yeah. movie rather than like we're going to put uh, a transsexual lead in uh, a gritty film noir murder mystery or uh, I guess. beloved children's musical. You know, I mean baby like, steps I suppose. I mean hold on but th- did this thing even really break new ground? What do you mean? Like Rocky well, Horror did. The original one sure but yeah, yeah. But just, I mean, like do, in a way, even if it won't necessarily be like remembered, I'm like there was still like the first network the, appearance and, and, of a trans woman of color. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, like there, it still story. happened. Yeah. Okay. Like I mean, like I said, I, I feel there's like baby steps. Yeah. Like, and and that that kind of brings me back to like the whole like the the original not the original thing, but like one of the things about Rocky Horror Picture Show that like blows my mind is that like people of a generation much older than ours. Mm-hmm are just like okay with it but they wouldn't be okay with like a million other things like it like rocky horror picture show just like occupies this weird space in pop culture that you're like oh yeah it's okay like you have like grown men like dressed in drag going to rocky horror and it's okay because it's rocky horror it's like it's a crazy halloween ball and you're like what i'm like you're normally like a relatively reserved guy like i I don't know if there's that many 
Yeah. I I will say that with my ex-wife's mom and my ex-wife's mom's boyfriend, we went to Rocky Horror. Okay. Like, they went and in, like in costume, and in drag. costume and everything. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. And like and did it. And like if you go, if you go, there's like. I'm not. I'm saying they're obviously not like you're not gonna find like the incredible like conservative people there. Yeah, yeah. But it's like people who are like otherwise you wouldn't necessarily like peg for that. So that's why I think like Rocky Horror as itself is like a really important movie because it did hit like not necessarily like full mainstream, but like at least like big enough that most almost everybody has seen it. Yeah, you know. Whereas yeah. like I don't think there's a lot of it other. Is, it f- is like a cultural icon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think that there's like a lot of other films that like dealt with even in a completely tongue-in-cheek insane way, like tons of like sexual openness, like yeah. cross-dressing, like all sorts of these like crazy topics. And then everyone just like watched the movie and like generally loved it. Yeah. You know, or at least like even if it was for like a kitschy schlock value. Yeah. So like that's cool that 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 it managed to do that. Like when did it come out? Like late seventies, I guess. It's kind of a shame they didn't try finding whatever is trans transgressive now and like seeing if they could push the limit in the same way that the original pushed the limit and like whatever you could make it it's about like furries now right or (laughs) i don't know i don't know if it's furries it's furries but maybe there's something that's like and and then they make it in the same vein it's a musical it's schlocky there's people like pushing the limit but why would you retell the same thing when the limit now is further than the limit was in the 70s i guess sure that's why it's on network television and not a cult film. It took years to find its footing. Yeah, okay. exactly. That's it. I mean, like, like, this is, like, literally the definition. It's like when they made that made-for-TV Carrie. You know? <laughs> like, it's, like, the very definition of, like, like Carrie was freaking shocking and was, like, banned in films and had moms yeah. picketing outside of it. And then they're like, no, let's just make a little PG-13 version that uh, can go on television for the kids. You know? <laughs> like... <laughs> Like that's that's what happened to Carrie. Like I mean, yeah. it's like you you watch a lot of these things that were shocking when they came out, and they're just less so. Now. Okay, okay, but th- by the time that it's not shocking on network TV, we need to find whatever it is that's shocking and do it right. I mean, I think that's. Oh, did you look it up? Is it Laverne Cox? Was I right? It is Laverne Cox. It was 1975. Okay. Nice. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, like, I guess they yeah. they 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 probably did try to do that a bit with. I mean, like they definitely get. Uh, to me, like style points or whatever for for casting uh, a a trans black woman yep. as Frank Furter. Yep. So I mean, like that like opens up a conversation because I mean, like you always knew as a viewer, I guess in 1975 that like Tim Curry was an actor, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, like whereas like when you're talking about like trans rights and stuff, Laverne Cox de- deals with this off screen as sure, much as sure. like like Tim Curry could just put on clothes and stop being Frank Furter. Like Laverne Cox can't just stop being a trans woman she's right, a trans woman right. so i mean like there's that which i feel is kind of like i said ha- like okay tip, a of, different tip, tip, tip of the hat to the uh the people making it that they got that did we ever did we ever talk on the podcast about laverne cox and her character on orange is the new black i don't think i've ever actually watched an episode of that show i watched a little bit and i was not a fan i guess yeah tell us about laverne cox that, and her character on yeah. orange is the new black just, scott just just a little like fun i thought it was super interesting um she plays a, a trans woman right. as well, like a prisoner who is sent to a women's prison. Mm-hmm. And um, in that show, all of the characters have flashbacks right. in their life before they got sent to prison. And uh, in the flashbacks, her twin brother plays her male self. That's amazing. That's, that's so good. That's really weird. Right. <laughs> I thought that was super cool. Like, he's, he's not really an actor, but they were just like, just be yourself. Oh, this works way better than her into man makeup yeah exactly putting her into man makeup and probably like they'd have to like wrap down her boobs and like do a yeah. bunch of other things and i just i heard that little little story about the production i was like 
I appreciate the practicality of <laughs> she yep. happens to have an identical twin brother. Uh, so I guess other other horror talk. Yeah, right? I got I got a spooky board game that I played. What what's a spooky board game? It's called you? Mansions of Madness Two. Oh, so the, is that the one with the tablet? It is. Woo! Did yeah. you buy it? I did. Cool. So it's I, like I, I think I showed you that. It's possible. It was a couple months ago, and I was like, "Hot damn, we need to play this." Anyway, I just went out and bought it. So, yeah. um, it's a it's a board game in the same style as Arkham Horror or Eldritch Horror. Mm-hmm. The um, and, and in fact, it's the same characters and a lot of the same yeah. art from one game to the yeah. next. Well, just to, to before you talk about this, okay? Have you, did you ever played the original Mansions of Madness? I did. So, Mansions of Madness was exactly that same thing, but had I guess like the downside of you had to have kind of a DM role. Yeah. Where you had to have someone sort of like manipulating the monsters, manipulating the Cthulhu lore and all that stuff. So you still end up with like a DM situation. And if I'm not mistaken, Mansions of Madness 2 circumvents that and there's like the tablet that's being the DM. So exactly. you can still get that fun Arkham feel of like us against the board without us against John. Right. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what it does. And um, and, and it also kind of like tightens up the whole thing. So there, it, it, like, like the way Eldritch did to Arkham? Um, more actually, because uh-huh. both Eldritch and Arkham are both kind of like, you know, there's kind of a narrative, but the only narrative that you really get is like emergent, you know, like you notice, okay, my character did this and then he did this other thing that happened and together they make a funny story if you think of it that way, but it's like not really built into the game. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then that's, I think like a big sort of like downside of the, if you're trying to mimic an RPG, yeah. like yeah. if you want to bring role playing into it, I guess like if you really wanted to, you could, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. I'm like, but it would almost be like to a detriment to actual gameplay. Yeah. And you <laughs> lose so often that you can't, like if you're going to role play, you're going to fuck it up for everybody. Yeah. But um, with this game, I've, anyway, the two scenarios that I played by myself, I found fairly nah. easy to get through. Yeah. And, um, and like the, were you playing on like, was there a difficulty setting or whatever? Yeah. So one of them I played was two out of five stars difficulty. And the other one was four out of five stars difficulty. Okay. And both of them, I played with only two characters and okay. presumably you could have five people at the table and I'm obviously the, the difficulty ramps up and whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, it it was like pretty cool. You, you're like, when you're on the board, like you have all the pieces and you put little tokens that are like, I can investigate this. Like the idea is always you're going to somewhere to investigate something. So it starts off with like, uh, your characters have traveled to the town of Innsmouth and right. you run into all these cra- strange, creepy fish people and then the sun goes down and you're supposed to investigate this family and try and get evidence, but the fish people are going to try and kill you right. and run you out of town. So, as they do. As they do. And, um, and like, you, you know, as you move around on the board, like the board is, is little tiles that you kind of like connect in together as you explore. So you might start with just like the lobby of the hotel that you're at, but then you add the back and then you add the alley behind the building right. and then you add the beach that's connected to the whatever. So the whole board comes out and, and I don't even know if I like went the right way. Maybe there is, is no right way. Maybe there are the, like you're supposed to go a particular direction, but um, I don't know. I, I really want to play it with people to just kind of like get the feel of everybody doing their own character and whatever. Something that's really fun. There's um, how does How does it work with the like the, the robo DM? So you have the, the you, you put out the board, okay, and then as you put down the tile of the lobby, the, the board will be like, you enter the lobby, and it has like a text to, to explain what's going on. And then it'll be like, in the corner is a stack of papers, whatever. And then in the other corner is a knocked over phone and a big pool of blood. And then you put down investigation tokens on those locations, and then everybody around the board takes their turns in order. And then to explore an investigation token, you take the tablet and you click on it, and then you say, I'm investigating it. And then it might say something like, what's your perception? Or And then you, you type your perception right. into, the, into the tablet, and then it gives you the results of your investigation. Or you'll roll dice on the side and then you input the number of successes into the tablet and you do it that way. Okay. So, like, every and everybody kind of shares the investigation opportunities on the board. And right. then you, you try and use whatever's best for the character. But um, what I was going to get at was your character can go insane 
Right. And some of the insanity cards are like, you, you no longer win the game by investigating. So, like, yeah. for example, the Pyromania one, you know, you no longer win the game by successfully investigating. You win the game if there are eight locations on fire, you know? <laughs> and so, like, now your character's completely nuts, and he's just, like, doing different shit running And you still have, board. like, a playable... And you still have a playable way to participate in the game. Even though everyone will hate you. Even though everyone will hate you, <laughs> which, honestly, I'm kind of on board with. Well, um, that that yeah. was... Yeah, exactly. That, that's always kind of a bummer, I feel, that, I mean, like, that uh, Fantasy Flight hasn't necessarily properly addressed in Arkham or Eldritch or whatever. It's like... Because, like, when you said that, when a character goes insane, I was kind of, like, hoping that, like, somehow you could contribute. Because I was like, when you have someone, like, actively working against the board, I was yeah. like, I feel that, it like, it breaks part of it. Because you're just sort of like, well, you're being crap now, buddy. Like, I mean, yeah. like, I, I understand it is your objective to be crap, but it's like... It's wrecking it for everybody else. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. It. Well, it, like, the Pyromania thing doesn't... There's no reason why they can't also contribute. They just need to make sure that things get on fire. I suppose. Anyway, I, I don't know. Whatever. The game is early, and like it didn't, it didn't feel amazingly fun when I was playing it. There was a lot of fiddling with tokens and moving the the tablet around, and I guess that would Fantasy get faster. Fantasy game that's t- fiddly. Yeah, who'd have thought? Imagine that. <laughs> and but but at the same time, like Eldritch was pretty crappy, and Arkham was pretty crappy before they got an expansion or two to kind of like yeah, yeah, round exactly. it out. And I'm I'm gonna give this one the benefit of the doubt on that too. But I'm kind of excited to play this with a group of people and see how it plays out with a bunch of players. Because yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, just like from from what you're saying, uh, I mean, because I found like Manchester Madness when I played the original one had a lot more of a like a tight feeling than Arkham does because it was a little bit more story driven and you had like you had tasks and you had objectives and there was kind of a story that was happening but it had that problem of not problem but like it had the necessitated having a DM Mm -hmm. at which point I was like I I only played Mind of the Madness the one time but I was like I would rather play an actual role playing game yeah like if you're gonna (laughs) all get this set up going yeah exactly if we're gonna set up and do all this whatever there's like a a lot of there's like a hundred tabletop games (laughs) that we could be playing a little bit better than a board game so I mean and I I don't know I'm a big fan of the the co-op games it's like it's nice to sit down and like try with your buddies to overcome well, I'm the, super the excited robot. to see the very challenging ones played out with a bunch of people who are organized and know what they're doing like, yeah, a, yeah. like it'll be it'll be a good time Scott have you ever actually ended up you played Arkham I think just like a couple times yeah a couple times yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I remember you played I, it, like... I think right before your baby was born <laughs> um maybe maybe after I, I don't know I, just, I remember a day where we all got like pretty drunk and played Arkham at, at John's house and I think that was like partially in celebration of being uh, you being a, a newcomer. Oh, yeah, the day I had to get rid of all my booze. That was the last time I played. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I decided to I just brought all those bottles of, of alcohol. Yeah, exactly. I don't think we actually finished that game because that was one of the horrible ones that we got to four hours and we were like, there is clearly two hours left of playing. Yeah, Nobody exactly. Fucking so long, this. and yeah. we're all wasted. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like this is a terrible combination <laughs> of things that happened. Uh. Scott, have you done any uh, anything like Halloweeny horror movie horror anything related? I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two out of the shadows. I mean, I guess. Okay, yeah. I guess that's is yeah. that horror movie related? Well, is that your favorite you Ernie Mays Jr. film? No, not not TMN, not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but the new one. The oh, Bay. oh, 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 oh! Like so, like the new Michael Bay. Oh, TMNT, yeah. I now, heard now it you're was better than the first one. It was better than the first one. I mean, like, I still not good. Yeah, like you still have not said a lot. <laughs> I can I can say it categorically because I finished this one. <laughs> Whereas and, you just uh, shut off I'm, the first one. Yeah, I made it half an hour into the first one. I was like, yeah, I'm done. 
just yeah. turned it off. I, I saw a clip um, from it, and it, it was, like, actively offensive. It was it was not, like, merely repulsive. <laughs> I was, like, being offended by the things that were <laughs> happening on the screen. I can give a recommendation of watchability for the second one. A recommendation that, of watchability. Okay. So, I mean, like, uh, that, without knowing anything that goes on, all I know is, like, there's Ninja Turtles. Uh, and yeah. from the trailers, I know that, like, which had me, like... Is like, that Krang? <laughs> no, Krang. I, I didn't see Krang in the trailers, but I mean, Bebop and Rocksteady showed up in the trailers, which yep. I was like, all right, I was like, you've got me more than the first film did, because I was like, if you're going to have Ninja Turtles, having them fight Bebop and Rocksteady should have been in the first film, if you're like, if you're being honest, like, that's, they were in every right. episode, basically, of the cartoon, right? And I then also, you. and then I was like, still apprehensive, and then it showed Casey Jones beating the crap out of a guy with a hockey stick, and I was like... Oh, Casey. Kind of, kind of signing up. On like, there. I have such a soft spot for Casey Jones, just in general, because of the music video for the B Castle song. No, just in always. As okay. a kid, I just thought that like a guy in sports gear, specifically a hockey mask, who's one of his main stick weapons is a hockey stick. Mm-hmm. He'd use golf clubs and baseball bats and everything. But I've always had like a huge soft spot for Casey Jones, just because like with no, no like extra powers or whatever, he's just a dude. Like, he's just a guy in, like, a low-rent area of New York who's like, I'm going to fight crime with hockey sticks, with sports gear. <laughs> like, there's no reason for it. He's fighting mutant, like, rhinos. From another dimension. And, like, right? warthogs and robots from other dimensions and, like, Shredder. There's, he's not a mutant Ninja Turtle. He's a guy. Yeah. So I've always, I've always felt it. So anyway, Scott, continue. Did, did, you, know who's playing, did you know who's playing Rocksteady? Uh, Rocksteady is Seamus, no? Yes, former WWE champion Sheamus. Yeah. Uh, the guy who's playing Casey Jones is Stephen Amell, who is... From Arrow. Uh, from Arrow. Uh, actually, this week on Arrow, I made a little crack at Wild Dog, who wears a hockey mask. Huh. Some other characters were shitting on it. He just kind of leaned over here and was like, I think it's cool. Like, <laughs> ah, ah, I see what you did. Um, it. Baxter Stockman is in it. Uh, awesome. Vernon is in it. And, Cartoon. So they actually, uh, you know, like went to the intellectual property that they were crapping all over instead of just it. It is a two-hour episode of the 1986 cartoon. <laughs> that's that's pretty fucking high praise. I love that cartoon. Yeah, if like, well, if you go back and watch some of those cartoons, you would be like, oh, I like this cartoon as a kid. Um, yeah, it's not awful. It's just simple <laughs> and. That's what the movie is. What's the, what's the exactly plot, Scott? Tell, give us the, the synopsis. Um, Baxter Stockman is working with Shredder right. to bring the Krang and the Technodrome to Earth to destroy the world, to take over the world. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah, no, that... Krang, Krang gives them some mutagenic ooze nice. to build some soldiers, so they create Rocksteady and Bebop, mm-hmm. and the Ninja Turtles, and April O'Neil and Casey Jones have to fight Save the world. I feel like there's a porn star called April O'Neil. Yeah, but um, she's like after the fact, right? It's not that April O'Neil. Did they get April O'Neil to play April O'Neil? No, it's Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. She I thought I thought that she. I thought her and Michael Bay got into a fight on one of the Transformers things, and he refused to work with yeah, her. Yeah, then he demoted her to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> He was like, I refuse to work with you on Transformers. Yeah. I'm working on this Ninja Turtle movie. You're a Ninja Turtle movie now. Oh. So like Rocksteady and Bebop get into fights with each other and then they realize they're like fighting other people more and then Shredder 
calls them idiots, and then Krang calls Shredder an idiot, and then the Technodrome shows up. And it's basically two hours of a cartoon. Yeah. Wow. I like I said, I'm not necessarily watchable. super excited for it, but maybe I will watch it on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> Very much that kind of movie. <laughs> watch on a plane. Uh, I, guess, uh, again, I bet if Michael Bay heard that. He'd probably be happy because I feel like we've shat all over his movies over and over again. And he's like, I did it. I got up to watch on a plane status. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Watch yeah. on a plane not, not status. Great. Not great. Probably not going to watch it again. But uh, made it all the way through without like pulling out my phone or anything. Huh. I guess yeah. I, I mean, uh, something. Yep. It takes a lot yeah. for a movie. If I'm watching a movie on a living room scenario to not rip out my phone. Yeah, I don't think that's possible, but um, Sarah and I like, actively try to do it. Yeah. Like, we try to, if we're watching something, especially if it's like, I mean, Ninja Turtles might not qualify, but like, if it's like, if it's something that we're excited to watch, we're mm-hmm. like, nope, phones go on silent and go in the other room, and we're like, whatever it can t- is. Can wait an hour. Can wait. Yeah, exactly. Wait it an hour. It takes a lot for me to stop a movie halfway through. That's how bad the first one was. Yeah, the first yeah. one looked, looked terrible, whereas like, the, like I said, the trailers for the second one like had me intrigue. Seamus in my head is a fucking awesome Rocksteady. Like he basically is Rocksteady. He, he yeah, was a I great was Rocksteady, Rocksteady as a dude. It's fucking perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it with the big he has the big nose ring. This is exactly. Yeah. Uh yeah, so um I guess back to to horror. Uh-huh. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> John and I watched the first 3 episodes of American Horror Story Roanoke. Right. Did we not, John? We did. We did. <laughs> Scott, did you watch any American Horror Story? I watched that first episode of Hotel. Weird. <laughs> the first episode like... of season five. Yeah, so this is the sixth like... season of American Horror Story, which I mean I is watched, kind of... I watched it with you, Keith, and then that I decided that American Horror Story is about sodomy. And Keith and John get together to watch sodomy shows. Yeah, like that's oh, like God. I was gonna say that's the one episode where sodomy plays, but that's not true. Like yeah, I feel there's, there's, a lot of there's some sodomy in about every season. Yeah, <laughs> like somewhere it always sneaks in there somehow. I, like American Horror Story has had definite highs and definite lows, and but I think it's been enough to keep us coming back. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah. like something something about it has. I mean, I I just like I said, I'm a I'm a huge mark for just like long form horror. Sodomy. Yeah. Oh. What's that, Scott? I was a huge mark for sodomy. <laughs> well, I mean, given your recent medical procedures, yeah. like I don't really maybe maybe that's a new thing given, for you. Given your interest in my recent medical procedures, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah. So this one is 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 a bit of a, a swerve, right? Yep. Like, yep. so all of the American horror stories of the past have really focused on like ensemble pieces, like huge casts, multiple. Like, who is the main character? Not really clear. There's like 10, 15 people. I think, I think not just in terms of the characters, but in terms of the plots and everything that's going on, it's a busy show. Like there always is like too much happening. Well, yeah, yeah. But it, and, and, and they're always kind of focused on uh, like almost a place. Like, like the place is the main character, yeah. not yeah. any of the characters. Like the first one had the murder house and there was all the, the people who lived in the murder house and the ghosts around the murder house. Second one was the asylum. Yeah. Same thing. Third one was like the witch school and it was yeah. like people interrelated. This one is about, I guess, an old house. And like, you can kind of get the busyness from the fact that it, there seems to be people in the old house's past. There seems to be some ghosts. Mm-hmm. There seems to be some hillbillies that are interested. But first of all, I mean, like so far, three episodes in, which is admittedly, I guess, like 25% of the mm-hmm. show. They run about 12 episodes. There's really two main characters. Like, it's very clear that there are two main characters uh, and that it's their story. 
how they're telling the story is very. You don't think three? The husband, the wife, and then the sister. I don't think she's gonna make it. Really? <laughs> Main characters could not make it. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, That's a good point. I suppose, but I'm just saying. But I feel that it's really. I mean, like the husband. No, no, she is going to make it. She's yeah. in the. Uh, she's in the retelling at least. Oh, yeah. So the but the framing of it is kind of like an unsolved mysteries situation where you have the actors talking about the characters, and then you have the characters like reenacting it. So it's like there's like a a guy who is talking about this happened to me and my wife, and then it cuts back to the reenactment, and it's Cuba Gooding Jr. being that guy, even though it's not. Cuba Gooding Jr. in the interview. Yeah, even though it's not yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. in the interview. So it's really weird. And I mean, like, obviously, I can feel that they're like, they're telegraphing some kind of a twist yeah. where yeah. the horror is going to catch up to the retelling. Because otherwise, like, like right now, we know that the three main characters are not in danger because they're retelling their stories. So but like, it's not them. You know, it might, there might be, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think everybody's anticipating Well, exactly. I mean, like it that. might not be them. It might be actors be pretending to be them for the sake of the unsolved mysteries. Like, who knows? I don't think. Yeah. But it's like, it's building to, like, they're like, it's like, it's telegraphing a twist and how they handle it is kind of interesting. And the overall storyline is uh, these people buy this super reduced price, like a state in North, South Carolina. Yeah. And these hillbillies kind of want the land. And then it turns out to be tied in with the Roanoke legend. Uh, basically, the show posits that when the 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 the, the, the colonists the colonists uh, left, they went further inland, and that's where the real horror show actually happened. Right. I guess that's basically the the premise, and it happened on the land of these people in South Carolina. So I'm, f- I'm kind of happy that they are making what's her name be the like main opposition. Um, the girl who was in Misery, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. Yep. Like, Kathy Bates in this, she kind of, like, joined the show, I guess, halfway through its run. And she she's joined the show season three? Season three, yeah. yeah. It was uh, Coven. That was her first. But she was never, like, I don't feel she was ever, like, the main character. In this, she seems like she's the main villain, so far, anyway. She's, yeah. like, set up as, like, the primary opposition. And I think she's shining more in this than she has in a lot of other ones where she was like a little more sidelined. Yeah, exactly. I mean yeah. like she she showed up in Coven and then she kind of got uh like castrated when they yeah. when they like got the better of her. Like she was a Madame LaRue or whatever. Yeah. Uh Hotel also she was like a side she was like the aide. She was great. So, yeah. She was great. Don't get me wrong. But she was not like the main Yeah, exactly. Same thing with the uh, Freak Show too. She was yeah. like Tate's mom. Exactly. And whatever. But yeah, I know exactly. Benefiting from Kathy Bates. Yeah. Uh, benefiting from uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. Doing great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, the acting is is fantastic. Top notch. Yeah. So far, so far, so good. I mean, I feel it's one of the strongest starts. Absolutely. We've definitely said this since, before. Since one of the early ones, this is the strongest start. Yeah, for sure. A plus so far. Yep. And I mean, I guess we'll catch up to it and we'll we'll check back in in two weeks when we're like a little more up to date. Yep. Do this you is think season, season six or seven. This is season six. Yes, season six. Uh, sticking on the Brad Falchuk, Ryan Murphy train, okay. who are the people that make American Horror Story, I am up to date with... Scream Queens? Scream Queens. Yeah. Which is a continual delight. Really? <laughs> it's so good. It's so silly. Uh, so if we talked about Scream Queens season one, it was basically set on a campus uh, in America, and there were like this main group of girls named the Chanel's. Mm-hmm. We're not actually all named Chanel, but their leader was, and then just like forced the other girls to take her name. So she has like number two, number three, number That's four. That's so classic. It's like the Heathers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but they were actually named Heather. She's yeah. just sort of like, you're my new best friend. You are Chanel number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like. <laughs> I feel like that's something you might have done 
in Dawson, like in that era. Maybe <laughs> we're we're a gang now. You're Keith number two. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And it's like, and it's great because like they have real names, but then like her like obsession, like other people just call them number two and number three. <laughs> like, and I'm like, they have real names. It's the best. Uh, so. That all wrapped up. Season one wrapped up. There was like a murderer on the loose. They mm-hmm. they stuck true to their uh, kill a person every episode, which was their their like their promise. Which is one of the reasons why I preferred it in a lot of to ways. The Scream to TV. Scream TV yeah. show because I was like, you, like there are episodes of Scream where nobody dies, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, no, like you. You have to kill someone every episode in Scream. Like, even if it's not a main character, somebody have to. It's sh- Scream. Yeah. You're watching for 45 minutes. Like, there's I don't think there's a Scream film. Like a stretch of forty-five minute of Scream movie that you can watch where not a person dies. Right. You know, like they're pretty fast with the deaths even in the film. So like you don't get to have that break. Um, season two of Scream Queens, like doesn't even care about continuity, but it's all the same <laughs> characters again, anyways. That's awesome. So they're just sort of like, yeah, all the Chanel's that were like they ended season one in a mental institution. They're like, yeah, whatever. They got out. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like explain it away they were like the dean bought a hospital and now runs a hospital and then hired her former students as orderlies like it's it, amazing. It, like it makes zero sense it's sort of like let's put all of these people now in. they're in a hospital now they're in a hospital right it's so good with like the 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 diminished amount of like fucks that it gives it just did, did anybody dead come back nobody dead has come back okay. but they are uh like kind of introducing of like not many, but like a few new characters, mm-hmm. and because of that, they're actually like killing people who were like stars of the first season. Which cool. I like hats yeah. off to again when you talk about like kill rate being important to like a, a scream queen k- style show. The, the even the plot is basically the same. Like they're sort of like it was like the red devil who showed up and killed people and no one who it was. Now it's just the green meanie, <laughs> and it's like it's basically a green devil mask with That's a it. big green cape. And otherwise, it's the same. That's awesome. And it's just like it's running through now all the like. Uh, like I guess like the hospital horror movie tropes right then instead of just running through like the campus like high school style horror movie tropes it's just like it's just running through like a whole new set of tropes it's just being like like go get me this medical equipment where are they in the abandoned wing of the hospital it's <laughs> 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 like why do we put them there yeah. <laughs> and then they just like go get it it's yeah just like just that kind of humor just ratcheted up to 11 and it's huh. so fun like so funny cool i uh i'm i like in a way i was a little bit bummed at first when i realized that they were doing like a sequel but then they gave they did not care about the fact that it was a sequel they were just like no they're like we just want these characters back we don't care if it makes sense they're right. back and now they're all working in a hospital <laughs> like good deal fantastic uh what else do we have going on guys scott anyone uh, I watched uh, Arrow and Flash. <laughs> How's and that going? Gotham. Flash? Is there a new season? Yeah, yeah. It's it's October, so all the fall shows have started up again. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Um, Arrow is better, though. Uh, I think I talked about this last time I talked about Arrow. They're just really taking the D-list characters now. Yeah. Well, did it, that, wait, hang on. Cody Rhodes shows back up, though, right? He does. It's amazing. As he a character named Stardust or who's addicted to Stardust? He's, he's a, a drug-dealing, drug-manufacturing gangster. And the name of his drug is Stardust. Stardust. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so, I, I heard, uh, like, what, uh, what I had read about Arrow is that it's unwatchably horrible. Is that true? Uh, it is... <laughs> Hesitation. Yeah. Unwatchable for you two. You two would hate it. Probably okay, even more than Supergirl. It's worse um, than Supergirl. 
I couldn't get into 10 minutes of Supergirl. I do I hate bad things. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is lots of melodrama and relationship drama with a uh, superhero framing. Like, oh, yeah. Is it like Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman? No. You know, that show it's had just... a special moment for me. As a, as a as a growing up young man, because you were like Terry Hatcher, and you're like, oh man, no no no. I mean, well, I mean, yes, but it was not that. So there's an episode in like I watched every episode of that show when it was on TV. I probably did too. Like, it was on the Sunday nights, right? Like, yeah 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 yeah. And like my next door neighbors were, was like a, like a pair of brothers, just like me and Steve, exact same ages. We we fucking all got together, watched that all the time. And I remember the episode where he he was like trapped. Sorry, what's that, Scott? It's the time traveler episode, right? No. Close. Oh. He's like trapped in a cage or some stupid shit, and then he like vibrates until his atoms disassociate, <laughs> so he can walk through the cage <laughs> bars. And and I was like like twelve year old me or whatever was like, this is dumb as shit. We could write better than this. And then and then I like stopped watching it, and I was like, I can do things better than adults. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The time traveler episode had my favorite line from superhero TV for years and years and years. Later on us. A time traveler from the future comes back and. After Superman has died, they all know his secret, and he just looks at Lois Lane and is like, "Lois Lane, you go down in history as the dumbest as the woman dumbest of all time." Of all time. <laughs> and then he puts some glasses on, and he goes, "Clark Kent." And he takes them off. It's Superman. Clark Kent. Superman. Clark Kent. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be a reporter, noted for your skills of observation. And that's how she figures it out. She's just like, "Oh, yeah." I am so dumb right now. Um, the last season of Arrow is... Well, yeah, the last season of Arrow, we talked about this in episode yeah. 100-something, yeah. whatever, and you said it was, like, abysmal, like, where they like, they hack all missiles at the same time and then, like, reverse the horizon and shoot the missiles into space or whatever, like, and and then oh, the way to stop the bad guy was the power of positivity or whatever. Oh, God, it was so brutal. The pa- hold on, it was, hold on. It was rough. I, I think I probably ejected it from my mind. There's the like a dark, there's positivity. like a, there's like a dark wizard, and the light wizard is like, if you want to fight him, you gotta believe. <laughs> Just and clap it, your hands. Exactly. He basically is Parappa the Rapper, uh, so he's like, yeah. I gotta believe, and then Arrow can I fight him now because he believes in himself. <laughs> uh, <it was> <laughs> you just need to believe in yourself, Finn. Never. Yeah, it was a bad. So new Arrow, I guess so improved. Okay. So like like turned it up from like a one to a three. I, I like it, uh, but I like season one, two, most of three, none of four. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's getting back to punching. Wait, hold so on a second. Hold show. on a second. This is not season two of Arrow? No, it's man. Season five. Season five. J- Scott has watched 88 episodes of this. Plus all the spinoffs in Flash and... Legends Flash, but Flash I heard was like better, no? Flash is a lot better. Flash is fun. You guys would like Flash it. In fun, maybe. I'd have to make room. I have to. I'm like behind on Gotham, so. Oh yeah, I want to finish that. Actually, season two is looking up. Yeah, yeah, season two is solid. Season three. I know they just started season yeah, three. Yeah. yeah. The other thing um, I watched. I mean, I guess. Yeah, the new season of Gotham is good. Is season it season three? Yeah, I have like two episodes left of season two, but I heard. Uh, I mean, one of the, one of the Five things. Episodes. I mean, I don't know if they resolve it or not. I, I guess she's back, but. Oh, no. I don't even want to spoil. Yeah, is it that girl? The f- what's her face from the first season that was horrible? Fish Mooney. Fish Mooney. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what's that, Scott? Fish Mooney. You like her? 
I don't like Fish Mooney. I like Barbara a lot. Oh, Bar- Barbara bugs me less in season two. Like season two, Barbara doesn't make any sense. Why would you name your kid after this psychotic woman? I mean, I guess she's gonna die saving someone's life or something. <laughs> That's what I figure. What? I know she's 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 back to being a, a Loki antagonist in season three. Barbara, she's well, not a villain. She's just she's not, just around I mean, like I'm, being bothersome for Jim. I feel like the sec the section of season two that I'm in, she's like totally a villain. Like she's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. She works with uh, what do you call it? Basically, Joker's gang. Yeah, maniacs. I like what they did with the Joker character, where like this guy shows up that you're like expecting to be the Joker, and then they kill him off, and he's clearly the inspiration for it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's it. They yeah. make like the Joker like a way bigger problem, which in my like invented head canon, yeah, kind of makes it cooler. Yeah, if like if it's not one Joker, like if like literally like you could put Joker behind bars, and then there'll be like Joker and- will be back, and like that guy that you put behind bars. Is still behind bars. It's yeah. not necessarily like a guy like breaking out or whatever. You're like, no, it's like a like a mental virus kind of thing. No, no, that's a great angle for <laughs> Joker. I, yeah. Uh, I guess we got to uh, we got to rank some movies. List you guys. it up. Yeah. So we have the new Rocky Horror Picture Show. Does that count? Can, it's a made-for-TV movie. Can we not have made-for-TV movies on the list? Have, I don't know. have it like a no TV zone. I suppose. I mean, it's it's way at the bottom. If that yeah. if that makes any difference to you, I mean, like it's in battle with the room. I feel like in wow. terms of like watchable stuff. If you want to rank it, we can rank it, but we could jump over it too. Okay, let's do that. Scott, thoughts? Uh, I'm for ranking it because HBO puts out a bunch of movies, and I think that that's fair. If HBO produces a yeah. made for TV movie, so okay. where, where's where's the bottom? Where's the very bottom? I'm I'm just bringing up the list. We will. The room. I know, I know the room London is the very bottom. Fallen. I just want to know what's above the room, just in case it's like... London has fallen. Return to Newcomb High. Uh, it's definitely... It's a below that return to Newcomb High. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just like... It's just there's no point in watching it. Like, it might be the very bottom of the list. Because there's literally... There's never a situation where you would watch this over the original. Like, ever. I can see there being points where I would want to watch the room. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Might, this is like I, I believe the flat line because it's like there is never a time to watch this. Wow. Like it, you just watch the original. <laughs> like there's no there's no point in ever watching this movie. All right. Yeah, that should be the quote. There's no point to watch this. <laughs> there's no point in ever watching this film. And I mean, like I said, it, for for the fact that it did put uh, a trans woman of color in a starring role, even that doesn't get it get it up above. No, like there's no point. Batman versus Superman: there's, Dawn of Justice. There is no point in watching it. The original is better, more beloved. Like has like a grittiness that this one doesn't. There's just like if they had done anything like that is the only part about it that's new. Right, is the casting the, the casting yeah. of Frankfurter. And I mean, like I said, I, hats off for the casting. But then, like, I mean, like, no knock on the casting agents or whatever. Laverne Cox, uh, I was not a super big fan of her singing. Like, I think Tim Curry, like, nailed it better in most of the performances of the song. So, I mean, like, casting decision aside, I still think Tim Curry's singing and performance of Frankfurter was better. Wow. So, I mean, like, literally the only thing going for it was an interesting casting choice. Well, I think somebody needs to send a, a nice letter maybe with a rose or something attached to it, to Mr. Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Just, <laughs> you are no longer the bottom of the list. You are not the worst. Yeah. You okay with that, Scott? Oh. I'm, I'm fine with that, but I'm shocked you're putting anything under London Has Fallen. 
<laughs> because like here's the thing though is that like Scott, it's a made for TV remake of fucking <laughs> of the Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show. Look, look, that's what we're talking about. Exactly. Here. Like, right, I mean, like right. I imagine right. Lon- like like the thing is is that like London has fallen. I I would like to believe is the only version of London has fallen that there is. Like this, there's a better movie that you could immediately be like, oh, why am I watching this? And then go to a way better version of it. Like, there's okay. no... And that, for the, the record, is still pretty fucking horrible as far as movies Yeah, are. it's still a schlocky, <laughs> yeah. like, a schlocky, kitschy, like, yeah. musical. Like, yeah. exactly. I, I, think should, I think we should also, we should put it at the bottom, but we should also put the original on the list. Well, we'll That's actually we'll a good idea. We should re- let's all rewatch it so we can be confident where we put it, because I feel like that, that, that could be a divisive movie. Yeah, I would yeah. say that. We need, to, we need to rank that for sure. So the next All one is TMNT up. two out of the shadows. I know exactly where this is going. Okay, right, I'm looking at the list right now. And one step I above Batman v Superman. Exactly right there. Boom! Wow. Called it. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We're back to old Mordecai. <laughs> Just under Mordecai. Uh, I feel like uh, I would rather watch Mordecai again. <laughs> <laughs> If, if also, if I had to recommend to you guys to watch one of the two, I would pick Mordecai over Ninja Turtles. Huh. Really? Recommending us a movie over Batman versus Superman, you would say Mordecai? No, over TMNT 2 Out of the Shadows. And over Batman and v over Superman. Batman Superman. And over Batman Superman. Yeah. Batman Superman was a nightmare. Wow. Mordecai and TMNT 2 both were watchable. Oh my god! Just I gotta talk about Batman v Superman because you brought it up. Uh, Also, joining the cast of Scream Queens is John Stamos. So like, just Stamos instant bonus. He plays like a brilliant surgeon who is the only recipient of a perfect hand transplant. (laughs) So he has the hand of a serial killer. So, (laughs) but that's not the point. Is that he's dressed at uh, at the Halloween ball episode? He's just like covered in bandages and like blood all over the place and all that stuff. He's like, "What are you dressed up?" And he's like, "He's like, I'm dressed up as Batman versus Superman." He's like, "Well, you just look like a bloody mess." He's like, "Precisely." I was like, Scream Queens, just for no, <laughs> no reason. No reason. Suck it, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Takes a pot shot at Batman versus Superman. It's like, like just no one of the many great someone... things the Scream Queens has going for it. I was like, there's not no for reason nothing. for that dialogue. There's That's lots awesome. of reasons for that dialogue. Someone had to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Someone watched Batman versus Superman and realized they were writing for like a slightly comedic show and was like, just go. We, we have to get something out of that experience. Exactly. Uh, were those the only two movies uh, we talked about? Two movies. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess that was the 90s, you guys. Great. Thanks, everybody, for listening awesome. to the 9 to 5 Entertainment System on Twitter. I guess Scott is Risker. I guess like us on Facebook. Go on to Twitter also. We're 9 to 5 CC. Read our comics. Go to our – read our blogs. Do all that fun stuff. John is, as always, on Twitter. Uh, Blonde Men Cry 2. We do. <laughs> we do. It's the number two. The number two. <laughs> Blonde Men Cry 2. two. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Enjoy your Bye.
Wars, where it doesn't matter anyways. Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday. A new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. All right, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.